Hello and welcome to this week's show of Who Cares? What's the Point? The podcast about the mind for people who think. My name is Sam Johal. I am your host and producer of the show. And this week we are looking at the experience of taking antidepressants. So while mental health professionals tend to focus on the concerns about whether antidepressants work on a neurochemical level or not, it's also important to understand the meaning that this medication holds in the lives of people who take them. The study we're talking about today looks at the experience of 1,747 New Zealand antidepressant users responding to an open-ended question about their experience of antidepressants. So have a listen to this conversation between myself and Kerry Gibson, who is a professor at the University of Auckland, about her research looking at the experience of taking antidepressants. Well, I guess, like many people, we were watching um, people around us, friends, family members, um, our clients, um, increasingly taking antidepressants. So when we looked at the figures, we found that something like one in nine adult New Zealanders were taking antidepressants. And, you know, at the same time, we were aware of, you know, that number increasing quite a lot in, in, in the last several decades. Uh, we knew that there'd been quite a lot of sort of questions in the research literature about whether or not antidepressants worked. And also, you know, quite a lot of people raising questions both in research literature, but also in kind of, you know, conversations with people about some of the negative side effects that they were experiencing as a result of taking antidepressants. So, I guess, you know, you know, there'd been lots of talk in all sorts of places about whether or not antidepressants work and, and, and so on. Um, but when you're talking about whether a medication works, say if you're talking about a medication that you might take for something like an antibiotic you might take for an infection, for example, what you're looking at there is whether the rates of infection come down for the person. It doesn't really matter really whether the person likes taking the the antibiotic or doesn't like the antibiotic. What matters is that the infection comes down. But when you're talking about antidepressants, you're talking about the way that they affect. I mean, we, when we talk about depression, we're talking about the way that depression affects a person's mood, their sense of themselves, their sense of their belief in themselves, their belief in the future. And so we are talking about how they experience the world and themselves. So it matters a lot how they experience antidepressants in their lives. Um, so we realized that there'd been a lot of research that looked at whether antidepressants kind of reduced people's symptoms of depression on a checklist that say, well, are you sleeping better? Are you eating better? You know, is your mood somewhat improved? Uh, but there weren't a lot of kind of, there wasn't a lot of research out there saying to people, well, you know, does this work for you? Is it kind of working in the context of your life? And so particularly with very large numbers of people taking antidepressants, we were interested to find out, well, what do people who are taking them feel about the benefits or other otherwise that they have in their lives. So what we did here was we kind of did a, a kind of a broad survey of people. We invited people to take part right across New Zealand. Anyone who was taking antidepressants could be a part of this uh, or had been prescribed antidepressants. Um, 
And within this, we asked them lots of questions about antidepressant use and, and their experience of that. But one of the questions that I look at in this particular study was actually, you know, one we just kind of threw in there at the last minute, but it proved to be incredibly interesting. We just said to people, um, we said to people, we gave them a sort of open-ended sentence. It said, in my life, antidepressants have been dot, dot, dot. Write whatever you want to about this, to finish finish the phrase. And people really wrote a lot about about the way that they experienced antidepressants. That, and I guess that's what attracted me to this paper when I was thinking about what it would be interesting to, to talk about, was because just recently I did a podcast on um, people's preference for psychotherapy over pharmacotherapy. And one of the things that we found was, you know, people A, prefer to start uh, psychotherapy, they were kind of put off when they were prescribed um, antidepressants, but also they're much more likely to complete treatment if they were given psychotherapy rather than pharmacotherapy. But I guess my question was, why? Um, and there was a quantitative study and meta-analysis done on this. And I guess you've chosen a very different methodology, which you, you've talked about yeah. there. It's, it's about actually cool. understanding um, what people's own ideas are about this. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, I guess so much of what we do as professionals is we kind of want to measure things and we want to look at them from our own perspective, but we don't often turn that around and say to people, well, what is it for you? What is it? What works for you in your life and, and for, for what you want out of your life? And what was, you know, quite amazing for us in doing this research was just how many people wanted to talk. I mean, we had a massive response to the survey, I mean, quite unexpectedly large. Um, so we had thought, you know, possibly two or 300 people might respond and that would be that would be good. But we ended up with over 2,000 people responding to the survey. Not all of them were eventually included in the analysis um, that we've done um, because some of those weren't complete questionnaires. But, you know, really a lot of people want to talk about this. They want to say, well, for me, it's been like this. Yeah. And again, that was a real eye opener for me, because when I looked at your methodology, I was reading the paper thinking and expecting, you know, maybe those numbers that you talked about, two or three hundred or perhaps fewer. When I saw you had, you know, over seventeen hundred um, complete data uh, sets for you to analyze in this, uh, that really um, got my attention. Yeah, yeah, it, it was quite surprising. Um and I guess one of the things that's happened is since we published the article, we've also had a you know quite a big response in terms of, of social media, people tweeting about it, putting it on their Facebooks, writing blogs about it. I think it's in the top five percent sort of allometric um, top five percent of, of sort of articles being tweeted and written about in social media and so on. Wow. So how did you recruit these people who you were asking about their um, their experiences? Was it mainly online or what sort of channels were you using? Well, we used a, a variety of channels, actually, because we were trying to get to a very broad sample, you know, because one of the things that we often do with this kind of research is that we use sort of populations who are already tied to an existing sort of psychiatric service. But we we knew that there were a lot of people out there who had got a prescription of antidepressants from their GPs and, you know, had kind of really, you know, they weren't really being registered in, 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 in the existing research, their experiences. Um, so we, we did some radio and TV work around it to try and get people to respond. And then we also kind of communicated with a range of organizations that 
um, uh, that service users might be involved with to spread the word. Okay, and so you you managed to collect over what time period did you get that over, over two thousand people responding? I think it was over about nine months, but you know the biggest peak was in about those first three months. It was just that website was just buzzing with people responding to it. Yeah. Sure, and in terms of you know if we look at the the range and types of people who were uh, responding to this, what was your age and, and gender split looking like? Now you're asking me. I can't. I haven't actually got that right. I, I think. I think what I remembered was that there was um, there was quite yeah. um, a lot of women who responded to this. Yes, yes, there were there were more women than there were men, and I mean that might reflect the fact that more women tend to take antidepressants, or also more women tend to experience depression than men. Um, but also our sort of sample was slightly. Um, it didn't kind of really capture lower socioeconomic groups and elderly people. So in that sense, it, you know, we probably have some more to find out in those areas. Sure, sure. So let's talk about what were the sorts of experiences that people were describing? Because I guess you, you roughly split them up into three groups. Those people who had a negative experience, those people who reported more positive experiences associated with taking antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And then there was a group of people who had um, a mixed experience, right? Yeah, that's quite right. So what we did is we initially divided into those three categories, as you've said, and what we found is that um, just over 50% said that that had, well, described something that looked like a a positive experience of antidepressants. Um, 16% talked about negative experiences, and then there were 28% that talked about kind of mixed experiences. But what was perhaps most interesting for us is the the enormous diversity of the way that people kind of understood the significance of antidepressants in their lives. Um, So, for example, even those with positive experiences saw it in quite different ways. So for some people, they spoke about how it was absolutely a kind of a necessary treatment for a disease that they felt that they had, which was in their minds that depression was a disease. So they were comparing uh, antidepressants to to sort of using insulin for, for diabetes, um, other people just said, oh, it's been an absolute lifesaver for me. It's, um, you know, sometimes they just say that and then sometimes they'd elaborate on that, talking about how um, for some of them they had been felt quite suicidal and antidepressants had been something that had just really helped them through that. And then others had a more sort of pragmatic view of it, you know, just talking about how, you know, it was a period in their lives where they were coping with a lot of difficulties, like being a mother with young children and it just kind of got me through, they would say things like that. Or, you know, one person reported, for example, that they they were unemployed and this was a very hard time for them. Um, But they found that they could cope better with job interviews when they were on antidepressants. So they they were using it quite sort of pragmatically in their lives. Um, Again, the same diversity when you looked at the people who had had negative experiences. So uh, some of them just said, look, it's just a waste of time. It's never worked for me. It didn't do anything at all. Um, Some of them were really struggling with some of the negative um, side effects of antidepressants. So uh, one person, for example, said, you know, it. Each one, they'd been on a whole lot of different antidepressants. And I have to say, some people like wrote quite a lot about their experiences. Um, each one, each antidepressant she had tried, it had a worse effect than the previous one. 
It started with memory loss and then progressed to me becoming borderline catatonic, staring at the wall for hours, unable to stand up. And within a few weeks and genuinely terrified, it was a relief to go back to the misery of depression after these experiences. So for some people, the side effects of antidepressants had actually been worse than feeling depressed. Some of them had more kind of subtle negative effects. Sort of a lot of people spoke about feeling a bit like a cutoff from their feelings. A lot of people use the word zombie. I feel like, you know, I just I just don't feel like myself. Others felt that it sort of masked the real issues that they should have been dealing with in their lives. I remember one person spoke about how she kept she she took antidepressants up and stayed in a in a negative relationship because the antidepressants um, took the edge of her suffering. Um, and then others just didn't like this thing of being reliant on a medication, made them feel out of control in their lives. Then. For, for the mixed experiences, participants were also kind of, I mean, I guess that's, that that was quite a, a reasonably big group there of people saying, you know, they were torn. They could see both the strengths and the weaknesses of antidepressants, and it created was a, a source of great conflict and difficulty in their lives to reconcile the, the, the tensions involved in taking antidepressants. So they would be weighing up, for example, the, the benefits they felt with kind of making them feel less down, a little bit more sort of emotionally um, sort of uh, comfortable, but also then at the same time putting on a lot of weight, feeling physically ill, feeling kind of numb and tired a lot of the time. Um, other people said, you know, I feel calmer and that's a good thing, but I kind of feel like I miss my old self. I miss that self that would, you know, kind of engage in things more in a more passionate way, in a more caring way. Um, some some also spoke about just the, a very long process of trying out different medications till they could get to the right one. So it hadn't been an instant solution for them, and they had often tried like three or four different medications, some of them making them feel worse, some of them only a little better, trying out different dosages. And sometimes, I know this from my follow-up interviews, they did a lot of experimentation even without their, their, their GP's knowledge. And... I think one of the saddest ones, people who said that they really, really wanted to get off antidepressants, but they felt that they were unable to cope with them. One of the most poignant of those was somebody who said, you know, I've been on them since I was 15 years old, and I'm not sure how I would be if I wasn't on them. Um, yeah, so really, I guess what it what it highlighted is, is the kind of diversity of responses, d different ways that people can experience the value or otherwise of antidepressants in their lives. Yeah, so I was certainly struck by the, the, the real range and diversity of views here, like you say, um, f from considering it as a tool to try to correct a neurochemical imbalance, which is one way of describing, you know, the, the problem, but also the, the possible solution. And, and this idea of actually feeling like I've lost touch with myself, my essential self, mm. and, and this kind of view of looking at oneself as somehow being altered or changed. And and experiencing that conflict, that dissonance of recognising perhaps its value, but also uh, the challenges that that presents too. Yeah, yeah. And definitely some of those who experience conflict, it's almost like the, the dealing with the antidepressants had become the focus of their concern rather than depression itself. Mm, mm. Uh, and then there was that idea that um, I think uh, you they wrote about it in the negative uh, category of this 
it's a sign of failing to cope or as a sign of dependency, mm-hmm. which I think that you, you, you hinted at. I think one, one quote is around, um, it's like smoking. When you smoke, you know it's bad for you, but you feel momentary relief and therefore you can't or don't want yeah. to stop. Yes, yes, yes. They sort of feel, I guess some people were talking about feeling like relying on something outside of them when they would rather have developed their own resources inside of themselves. Mm. From a researcher's point of view, I guess I'm struck by the amount of data you must have collected during this. Because I think in the in the paper you write about, you know, the the length of response varied from one word to something like 400 words. And if I think about yes. how many responses you had, how how did you go about uh, managing and making sense of that data? <laughs> Very slowly. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think it's something, you know, it's particularly when you're doing this kind of qualitative research, it's just really immersing yourself into it. Uh, there's no quick route through it. You can't instantly, you know, it's not like quantitative data where you can just kind of plug it into a system. You've literally got to go through each response, weigh it up, decide whether it was positive, negative or mixed. And in doing that, I also had one of my colleagues check that to see that they would have categorized them the same way. But then going through and looking for the meanings and the underlying meanings and you know that was just a matter of slowly going through this very long sort of um, list of, 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 of ideas. And I, and I guess that's what I kind of wanted to touch upon here is that how much of a labour of love this kind of research is because notwithstanding meta-analysis and looking at quantitative data and that's incredibly useful uh, and helpful in 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 understanding one side of uh, these experiences and these possible solutions to uh, human suffering and misery but also if we want to try and get an idea as to what that experience is truly like only this kind of research really answers these questions Yes, and I mean, I it, it, it's one of the things that I really feel, you know, that guides me as a researcher is my concern to hear the actual voices of people who are receiving various kinds of care. So, you know, whether it's taking antidepressants or whether it's, you know, some of my other researchers looking at how young people experience different kinds of psychological help. And really what I'm interested in is is trying to move away from this sort of perspective where the professional is deciding what counts, what matters, and then sort of simply putting, you know, kind of making the data fit with their pre-existing categories. You know, is this person better from depression? Are they worse? Are their symptoms improved or, uh, or or not? But rather sort of turning it around and saying, well, what's it like for you? What's it like in your life? Because as I said, when you're talking about psychology, when you're talking about mental health, it's all about people's experience of themselves. You know, that's what matters. We can't bypass this. You know, there's no intervention that a psychologist or a psychiatrist could do in the field of mental health that can somehow bypass people's experience of it. That's what matters. And I think what you've what you've underlined here is that there is no one experience here, even though they may all be taking a similarly bioactive drug, if it's written down uh, on, on black and white uh, on a piece of paper. Actually, the experience of taking that, but also the consequences as lived experience as people move through their lives changes too. Exactly. I mean, taking a pill is different for each person who takes that pill. And as I said, that may not matter that much if it's an antibiotic and it's working purely on the infection. But it does matter when it's a a pill that's meant to change the way that you feel. 
So if we think about some numbers, um, you had around roughly half the people who responded who had po- who reported positive experiences of antidepressants. Yeah. Around just under one in five, sixteen percent had negative experiences, and um, about twenty eight percent with mixed experiences of antidepressants. So about a quarter, just over a quarter. A third, yeah. third, Almost third, a third, yeah. yeah. So w- what should we make of this? Um, who, who should care about this research when we're thinking about who, who's it important for this sort of research to be in front of? Who, who are you thinking about? Well, I think, you know, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm directing it at two different kinds of audiences. On the one hand, I want to be talking to prescribers, people like psychiatrists and GPs, um, and kind of alerting them to the fact that it's, you know, antidepressants are not going to be a one-size-fits-all solution. They're not going to be everyone who comes in the door who appears to be depressed could be given antidepressants and this is going to be helpful for them. That they really need to be kind of informing people when they come in and ask about antidepressants, informing them that there can be a variety of responses, that some people find them very, very helpful in their lives and other people find them less helpful in their lives. And that might be broader than just their their sort of um, their effects on, on the physiology of the body. Um And then also, I mean, what's key to this is that you would prescribe an antidepressant and follow up afterwards to see where a person was with that, with, you know, uh, what had happened after they started taking the antidepressants. In some of our follow-up interviews in particular, we found that um, people had not gone back to their GPs. You know, they were just simply getting repeat prescriptions for an antidepressant and remaining on it sometimes for many years. Um, So we think it's really important that people should be asked um, how's it going now is it working for what you want in your life Um, you know is it getting in the way of what you want in your life and if it's getting in the way is there a way I can help you come off this because one of the issues is we've also been finding people stuck on antidepressants Uh, withdrawal effects often mimic um, the experience of depression so people will come off antidepressants after being on them for a long time will begin to experience anxiety feel very worried about about that and see it as a sign that their depression is coming back and often want to go back on antidepressants even though they don't like them. So they really need a supportive practitioner in the background, you know, helping them to come off. And I'm not saying everyone should come off antidepressants at all, but I'm saying that people should be, you know, those options should be opened up for them. And then on the other side, I want to speak to practitioners um, and prescribers but I also want to speak to um, to people who were taking antidepressants themselves, and I think you know often we 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 kind of um, underestimate the significance of of the power relationship in our doctor patient relationships, and so many patients who take a medication at the suggestion of their doctor will just assume that that's right, and so when it's not working for them. Um, they kind of think, well, is there something wrong with me that it's not working? You know, it ought to be working because I've been told that it works. And what I really wanted to do is empower people to recognize that, you know, their experience of this medication is legitimate. If it's working, that's fantastic for them. But if it's not working, they're allowed to come back and say, look, it's really not working for me in my life right now. 
I have to say that's something that I thought about when I was reading your paper because, of course, there are online chat forums and other ways for people who are taking these sorts of medications to connect with each other in their experience. But I think what you've offered here is an opportunity for people to have their experience almost validated by somebody who's looking at this and and trying to collate the sorts of themes that that come out so that people could say, yes, I've I've experienced this. And yes, even though that's perfectly valid in itself, there's an additional validation here in terms of I can see that how I fit in with other people's experience, but also this enables me and perhaps gives them some power around coming uh, back to their practitioner or their their health professional Mm. and saying, do you know what, actually, can we look at this? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I I think when I was talking earlier about, you know, the people were tweeting this and blogging about it and so on, I I was just looking up the stats just now and actually 64% of those people weren't researchers or professionals. So they were were probably ordinary people sort of just being interested in in this area and perhaps because they were using antidepressants themselves. Mm -hmm. So, Kerry, what, what's the point of this research for you? Where, where where does this leave you? What are you up to now? Where's it taken you? Well, I guess, you know, I mean, I, I really hope to make a difference. I mean, I am concerned about, in general, our kind of reliance on medication to treat mental health problems. And as a society, I would like to see us not in any way minimizing people's suffering or their right to help, but really kind of looking at, well, what other things can we do to support people who are experiencing psychological distress? Um, And you were talking earlier about, you know, the importance of of therapy. And in fact, the research is very clear that therapy is a a better first-line option for people with only kind of milder or moderate kinds of depression. Um, And really in this country, we don't have enough of that. So partly, I guess, what I I mean, for me, research is always tied up with wanting to – kind of make the world a better place, kind of wanting to pursue a a social justice agenda, if you like. And, you know, one of my concerns is really to make us more aware of some of the some of the risks associated with just going carte blanche with a a sort of psychopharmacology approach to mental health problems. But I guess that links to broader questions about whether our mental health services are fit for the task of giving people therapy where they need it and that's something we've also got to address. And that's the end of this week's show. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed this week's show, please do remember we have a back catalogue of 25 different shows now. Um, Please do subscribe. It makes a big difference to the sorts of feedback that I get uh, knowing that people are out there listening to this. Speaking of which, I have got quite a lot on at the moment, so I've made the decision to go to a fortnightly publishing schedule rather than weekly for the next few months. So that's probably going to be until the end of September. So for the next three months, you can expect to get your episode of Who Cares? What's the Point? every two weeks instead of every one week. Now, if that disturbs you greatly, please do let me know. Uh, I love getting email and tweets about the show. Uh, And you can also find us on Facebook too. So until two weeks from now, please do keep listening to Who Cares? What's the Point? Thanks for listening. Who 
Kids.